Welcome to the Joyfulness Broadcast. So, my friend told me once that society knows really well how to do, how to build stuff, how to grow, knows how to do this really well. But it's really, pardon my French, crap at knowing how to live. The art of living just doesn't know this very well and growing up in this society which if you are listening to this you probably have it's it's helpful to just uh, recognize this not to um, not to condemn anything but just to understand what kind of uh, stuff you're dealing with what's your inheritance and in this society, it's one where everyone is always pushed to do, 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 more, 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 make, make, make. It doesn't have to be money. It's just in general, just always keeping ourselves busy, always doing something, goals, plans. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with goals and plans. There's a part for everything, you know, balance. But there's definitely... At least on my end, I feel that there is a very <laughs> huge overemphasis on plans, goals, schedules. Let me put you in my schedule. <laughs> and all of this craziness. My goodness, it's like there's a total lack of trust. Total lack of trust. That everything has to be to the tooth, to the nail. It has to be planned. There can't be any room for the unknown. Everything has to be filled up everything that's what it feels like to me living in this world <laughs> it's quite crazy and everything has to be controlled there's this massive tendency to control every single little aspect of life which has been at least in my eyes um i've seen this in the current situation with the corona stuff um Again, not saying that there's anything wrong with it. This isn't a judgment thing. This is just an observation to see what kind of world are we dealing with. And then when we understand that, we can see, well, how does that influence our inner world? You know, is our inner world one in which we seek to control every single feeling that comes up and uh, push away the things we don't like, schedule in the things we do like at the time that we do want? <laughs> it sounds absurd, but that's sort of how it is, isn't it? That's sort of how... The society that we grow up in um, unconsciously embeds us with this framework of fitting in the feelings we want, pushing out the feelings we don't want, and really just kind of planning everything and having goals. <laughs> Again, there's nothing wrong with goals, but I want to examine this one a little bit. I haven't ever really played around with this, but it, okay, so let's say, you know, feelings or how do I become my most loving self? Or how do I be my most kind self? What is the action plan? <laughs> What's step number one? What's step number two? What's step number three? What's the time frame that we're looking at here? Let me schedule it in. Let me uh, plan around it. Hopefully this, the, the absurdity is kind of coming through there. That's That seems to be something to be aware of when coming at this you know inner growth stuff is to just be aware of when you might be coming at it in that we might call it a western mindset again there's nothing wrong with it i actually find it quite funny 
Um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that's just a very common mindset to go into things with, is to plan, control, because you know when you when you have a goal in mind. Let's just put it this way. I mean, how do you know what the outcome is? Because you haven't done it yet, so you know, for example, um, transcending all the heaviness that burdens you. How can you possibly give that some sort of goal and time frame and plans <laughs> when you haven't when you haven't transcended it yet? So you don't know. So there's the element of mystery to it. There's an element of flow. This inner work is very flowy and intuitive. It's not logical. It's there. There, <laughs> there might be some aspect of logic to it on the superficial level at the start, but as you get deeper into it, you'll see that it starts to transcend logic and reasoning very quickly. This is all very intuitive and very flowy, so that could be if there's difficulty trying to remove the obstacles or transcend the obstacles to inner peace, then a lot of that difficulty might be coming from that, that attempt to try to control everything. Which I also myself, you know, uh, this, is, this is a shared inheritance because it's a collective. We all grow up in the society and we're all taught this. So it's all something we have to deal with and it's not a matter of condemning it. It's just a matter of understanding it so then we're aware of it when it's happening. So going back to that thing, I just want to play around with this. Society is really good at doing stuff and really shitty at living. And my best like uh, way to look at this is, so you have our economy right now. So what is our whole economy predicated upon growth? The whole economy is about growing every year, grow, 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 grow. And I had an episode with Eric Brown, I think it was episode two where we mentioned this. Um, but it's like a growing towards what? What are we growing towards? <laughs> it's like you go to school and people tell you, do, do, do. You have to build stuff. You have to make the world a better place. But then, you know, you never really get to the deeper levels and ask, what kind of world are you making better? What kind of world are we building? What kind of, what are we growing towards? Are we growing towards a huge concrete city world where all of nature has been decimated? <laughs> what is this growth happening to? And can infinite growth, I mean, the can infinite growth be sustained on a finite planet? You don't really have to be a genius to, to kind of start to see the flaws in that. So there's all these things that are good to be aware of when, just in general, it's really fun. And then when we compare this to, let's say for me, um, ain't like native-based peoples which live a very, a lifestyle of reverence. It's a lifestyle of reverence my own understanding where the sacredness of life itself that's so i wouldn't say the purpose but that's the that's what living is all about it's about being at one with the sacredness and of all of life and reverencing life and there's all these rituals and all these um ways of 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 demonstrating the devotion to the sacredness of life which we in the western Society tend to poo-poo, and I'm also a. Uh, I've done this also, poo-pooed the this the rituals and stuff because we just from our own minds 
mindset, from our own point of view, it's hard to see the meaning and value of these rituals. But I think now I have a greater understanding of it. I'm sure there's still aspects I can't see, but what I can see is that it's those native-based peoples were all about the sacredness of life, reverencing it, and these rituals are a way of, of demonstrating that and of living it. And life there seems to revolve totally around this unity with all of life. And there's a really good Native American quote. I don't remember who it's by, so I'm, I hopefully won't butcher it, but it goes something like this. You know, now we see nature, we see wildness, we see it as something, something to be tamed, something to be feared. Like we have home and then we have wildness. But then this quote was like, wherever we went, that was home. So like the wildness of nature was our home. There was no difference between home and wild. It was all one thing. It was all earth. Earth was our home and we could go anywhere. We could feel at home and we could sleep under the stars and feel at home. And I think that's so beautiful and that's <laughs> something that's quite missing in today's society. And again, this is not to judge it, but it's just to question it and be like, well, what direction are we headed? And is this a direction that we want to be headed in? Do we want to just keep growing our GDP and making fancy technologies to make our lives more convenient? Really? Um, do we do we really want to live forever? There's like all these things about now wanting to like solve aging as though it's some sort of problem. We have to cure aging. It is a problem. Man, do we really want that? Is that something we really want? Or is that some sort of fear? Is that a fear of the natural process of of, of life, <laughs> that life decays and changes forms and wanting it to stay in a certain form. It just, it's just, if you really look at it from a certain perspective, um, the whole shebang right now is just really one big comedy show. It is really quite funny and there was something else that was really good, again, with Eric Brown, <laughs> which was said, and uh, again, I don't remember from it exactly, but it was something along the lines of every society, um, the average, let's go, dynasty time <laughs> for every every form of society so far has been about 300 years or 500 years, between 300 and 500, I think is a safe bet. You know, the Roman Empire is the longest at 1,000. So that's not very long. Um, in the grand scheme of things. So we have this bias to presume that things are just going to keep going the way that they are going right now, that we're just going to keep growing and just, we're just going to have more buildings, more houses, more schools, more, I don't know, jobs and more offices and more computers, power and all this stuff. But actually the historical trend has been that what will most likely happen, at least based on the past, uh, is that this society will collapse, and something else will take its for it take take shape, take um, take form, and it's just fun to play around with these ideas and be like, well, what what might that be? And for me, that's a that's something in which we've kind of woken up from this absurdity, um, from this separation with with nature, with with calling something wild and 
something tame and just living at one with everything and to me that looks like like some kind of cool symbiosis of uh, technology and nature is maybe one potential way I mean I definitely I have no idea what it looks like I have no idea what it looks like but what I can say with some degree of certainty is that it doesn't look like what we have right now and that this will probably come to some sort of erupt end <laughs> uh, in some period of time and really that period of time doesn't matter but it's it's it's, sure, it's surely not sustainable to keep growing infinitely on the planet which has finite resources so I mean that just kind of leads you to a brick wall so that's why I'm saying with some degree of certainty and although that can be a scary thing it can also be a wonderful thing because now we can have some sort of metamorphosis into a society which puts living first and growing and doing second. <laughs> so a society which has shifted its priority system, shifted its value system. Right now, our value system says, number one, you have to do. And then once you do a lot and you're busy and you can have lots of work and you're successful in that regard of successes and you have some sort of title, job, kids, all this stuff, now you can be. Well, hang on a second. Maybe we can flip it and do the other the other one maybe we should start with what is this self how is it what am I to life and what is life to me what is what is my place here what what is my place in relation to everyone else and there are all these questions when you start with the self first naturally there's all these questions that arise now for those that know me um, I live within the gift or I try to, or I intend to live within the gift-based living style. So gift-based is really simple. It's um, similar to like donations. So rather than charging for a service, you give it freely um, and you let the person who who is there <laughs> pay however much they want based on whatever they have, based whatever really, whatever they're willing to give. So it's really gift-based is a trusting. Rather than trusting, usually what happens, we have a transactional model where we trust the, we have like a agreed upon amount that we trust. We trust this agreement instead of trusting the person. And it's not that that's something bad. I mean, to be honest, that has been necessary for most of humanity. Most, <laughs> most of the time that humanity has been around, it has been necessary. But with me, at least, with the gift-based stuff, it's like maybe we're coming to this point where we no longer need to trust this middleman called um, paper, some sort of agreement. Um, maybe we're, we're at a point where we're ready to put our trust in the other person and really essentially trust their, their kindness and their generosity above, above our own uh, illusion of security. Or above our 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 um, desire to to have it all worked out, to have it all planned out, to have it all everything controlled. Instead of that, we trust this other person that we really trust that that we trust in their integrity and we trust in their alignment with life. So this really only works when there is a certain threshold of people which are aligned with life, with serving life, um, and integrity. And for most of humanity, like I've said, 
that has not been the case. But but now, I I think in my own view, it is coming to that point where where it is the case where now you can rely on most people to to give, and you can rely on their own inner integrity to give whatever they can and not um, make a not juice you um, and purposefully like um, man- manipulate or use you use your generosity so I think we have reached that point this is my view um, and you know maybe maybe we haven't and maybe we have but for me it's really about playing with this and having fun and gift based is the, the the fun one to me because it's really beautiful to to have to have especially I'm in a position where I can easily play with it uh, to have my livelihood be tied to the kindness and generosity of others I mean how cool is that that's that's so beautiful it's very beautiful to me that's that's more beautiful than than the transaction model and that's really the only that's the, the if there's a reason that's the reasons because of its beauty not because of anything tangible uh, but because of all the intangible <laughs> because of the beauty of it and that's pretty much it well that's what gift based is and you know for my own life I can also s- share how usually in our society we instead of relying on people in our relationships and being interdependent with people we rely upon money we rely upon these digits these, this money and again there's nothing wrong with that it's I, I think in my view life is evolutionary and it's just cool to play with ideas see what's coming next um, see what we value collectively are we willing collectively to shift to a new value system because everything we have right now is just a reflection a projection of our own value system so right now collectively we value paper above trusting each other and that's true absolutely otherwise we wouldn't have this (laughs) and so maybe we're ready to to come to a point where we trust each other more than we trust uh agreements and pieces of paper maybe 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 not again just playing playing around here so we trust we, we come to this place where we can instead of depending upon our relationships and our network and people we rely upon money because if we need food we can buy it if we need medical services we can buy it if we need to stay somewhere where we, we don't live we can buy it <laughs> we can buy absolutely anything if we want something we buy it if we want to go somewhere we buy it if we need someone to take care of our house, we buy it. <laughs> Whatever you think of it, you you can, you know, we can buy it. And although that that I mean that works on paper and and um, you know theoretically it's really good. You know everyone can 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 buy their way into anything, but but is that what we really want? Do we really want to be dependent? upon that or maybe is there another way that we'd like to try maybe we value something else maybe so imagine this let's just say you know normally you want to go get a coffee with a friend you go to a cafe they serve you uh, you pay okay cool so you know that's like the normal experience <laughs> which everyone is common um is common for everyone but is that what we want or maybe wouldn't it be cooler to like let's say 
I don't know, you have someone nearby that makes like really, really good lattes or chai lattes, something like that. And they grow it in their own garden and you like, you know them, your friends or they're friends of a friend and you want to meet them. And you, you just go to their house and you knock on their door because this is the kind of world where you just, maybe you don't even text them, you just walk up and just w- w- knock on their door. And, you know, they're happy to see you. They look at you and they like, wow, there is this guest coming into my home. Amazing. Oh, yeah, uh, Jennifer. Yeah, I know Jennifer. Come on in. Have some chai. Have some chai latte. Oh, you want some chai latte? Yeah, sure. Come on in. Come on in. So... You come in and you come with your friend. You meet this person. You have some. You don't, you don't pay anything. Instead, there's this, uh, there's just this generosity and their generosity. They don't want anything from you. They just give everything that they have. And then their generosity. What happens when someone gives you everything that they have, even more than they? This is very common in poor countries where they, you know, in India, for example, where they treat guests as gods and they give them everything that they have, every penny, every grain of rice. When, when he, even when it means that they might not eat the next day, um, they give everything because the guest is uh, is the, is God. That's like a whole other thing. Um, but what happens then is when when such beautiful acts of really it's an act of love. Um, when when that love as the quality of generosity, well, wanting nothing from you. That's what it is. Generosity. It's when someone gives without wanting anything from you. Whereas these days everyone gives. With the condition that you give money. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't get the service, right? That's the transactional model. Um, but when, when, what happens, in my own experience, and people I know who live in the gift, is these acts of generosity inspire generosity. They inspire gratitude. Naturally, gratitude arises. And when we're grateful, we just want to give. We want to give everything we have. So if you imagine you live in such a world where everyone's so open and you can go to anyone for anything, then everyone then you yourself now give everything to everyone <laughs> without any questions and without any agendas or any um, you don't you don't count what they owe you or what you owe them it's just given freely and you live in this whole maybe little town where everyone just gives freely and you can always trust that if you need something you don't have to buy it you'll there'll be someone who can help you um, and when they need help you you'll help them not as a deal but as a gift of gratitude on both ends. And I mean, isn't that a more beautiful world to live in? Isn't that... That's what I want. That's, But that's a radically different direction than the direction that we're going in right now. But there are a couple of things that are required because this sort of way of living is totally founded upon trust. F- trust, faith, and love. Um, and... The way we are brought up in society this day, the way I was brought up, you know, I'm only 22, and the way kids are brought up these days is that it's it's a secular belief system. It's an indoctrination of a secular belief system in which there is no room for this greater trust, love, and faith in life. In school, you know, it's a secular, it's a secular uh, environment, and we are indoctrinated with a secular belief system, and that secular belief system is just a belief system. It is not true. It is presumed to be true. It is assumed to be true. Presumed to be true from a certain perspective, but really, it's just an assumption. It's just a belief system. 
that we are indoctrinated with. Just like you can be indoctrinated with a religious belief system, you can also be indoctrinated with a secular belief system. And that's what's happening right now on a mass scale. And this secular belief system leaves little room for trust, faith, in a greater power, in a greater organizing energy that all will be well and all will be provided when you need it. From the secular belief system, that's not something that's uh, that, that there's room for. And, and that's and so our society is just a reflection right now of that of that shared collective belief system that there's this chaos running everything that there isn't this greater connection that life is dumb <laughs> that life needs to be tamed that we have to control everything or else everything will go out of control but actually, in my own experiences, when we let go of control and we let go of trying to control every aspect and we step into this trust and faith, that's when life opens up to us and it's revealed this whole time that there has been this incredible support net <laughs> um, of life behind us this whole time. And all we have to do is just fall into it to see that it's there. But you have to fall into it. It's a trust fall. It's like a fall into grace. You do have to fall. You have to fall through the belief systems through the doubt through the skepticism through the secular belief systems and once you fall then then only through falling you'll see that there's there is something there in the greatest moments of surrender is when you when when life opens up to you and the truth is revealed um, and that's probably the most challenging thing any human can do is just totally surrender and just totally let go and yet it's also the thing that leads to the greatest happiness, that leads to peace. Total happiness, total peace, and total completion. This has been a wonky episode. Lots of wonky ideas, which I want to throw out there. And if I want to finish up on this note, just question everything. Because if you question everything, the only thing that will remain through that investigation, through that willingness to question everything, is the truth. Don't buy into anything. Don't buy into any belief systems. Don't buy into any of my belief systems. Don't buy any, into anyone's belief systems. Just question it all. You know, you're living a certain life right now. Maybe you'd like to question how you're doing things. It doesn't have to be a scary thing. It can just be a reflective thing. Is this how I want to live? Is this really what I want? Or have I bought into a mass hysteria, a mass delusion? <laughs> and there's actually nothing scary about that. It might seem scary, but it's actually quite funny. It's, it's, trust me, if you go through the fear, you'll see it's very funny to buy into mass hysteria. It's very funny, nothing scary about it. But you'll never get to laugh at yourself like that if you don't take a moment to question it. To just take a pause and see Okay, you know, the way we're living right now is just one way. It's the current way. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. So this stuff is not very popular, but I'm still going to share it anyway. <laughs> so plant-based diets. Okay, plant-based. You know, the other day I was driving and I saw a plant-based thing and there was plant-based ice cream and plant-based. Plant-based, you know, this is presumed to be like the next thing. It's like very healthy, very good. And, you know, even I, I fell for this also, like the fell for it might imply some sort of negative judgment. I meant 
I don't mean that, I just mean as a belief system, fell for this belief system. That this plant-based stuff is like the healthiest stuff, and that's where the world's gonna go, where like cows are incubated, meat is incubated in like, uh, it's through stem cells, and you can grow meat, and all this, all this jazz. This is just one example. Um, and that is supposedly the healthiest stuff, blah, 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 blah. And everyone's all about that vegan, plant-based stuff. Okay. So if you take yourself back to like um, maybe a hundred years ago, there's like a movie called A Million Ways to Die in the West or something like that. Um, and in that movie, <laughs> there's like all these, there's these salesmen at the fair who come with all these vials and all these supposed miracle cures for everything. And that was the latest thing, you know. At that time, if you didn't think that these things were the healthy things that you should have these vials of whatever cow sperm or whatever the thing at the time was um, then you'd be crazy you'd be crazy because collectively it was considered that these things were the healthy things that these were the healthy things and there's been all these you know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of butchering it but the, the point is to say that there's all these trends throughout society you know there's all these trends throughout society throughout time sorry from the very long ago and the trends change the, the trends they change you know at the same time plant-based you've got the carnivore thing you know so what's that about the the point of this is not to is not to judge any of these it's just to again go back to that point of questioning everything you don't it is it's an option to buy into these belief systems you don't have to buy into it you don't have to if you question it, then whether it's true or whether it's false, whatever it is, if you really question it and you refuse to buy into it and you instead devote yourself to the truth, not belief systems, but the truth, then, then you protect yourself from falling into these belief systems and falling into positionalities because when you fall into a, a belief system, you fall into a positionality where it's now plant-based people versus carnivore people, where it's now <laughs> um, carnivore diet people, sorry, not to carnivore people, um, and it's us versus them. So when you fall into belief systems, the way you can tell is when it's, it seems like there's an us versus a them. There's a, these, we are these people and they are those people. And that doesn't help anything. Um, that's not that's not something that is conducive of of uh, peace, of harmony, of growth. So, if in questioning everything, you come to the realizations of what we all have in common, and what is common in all of this, and what is truth, and perception, and belief systems, and placebo effects, and nocebo effects, and you come to you come to see. What the truth is, without needing to rely on any, any uh, belief systems, you know. Maybe plant-based is good for some people. Maybe carnivore is good for other people. Maybe you don't need teams. Maybe some people like to be vegan. Some people like to eat meat. And maybe all of them are equally beneficial in some way. And there's no better or worse. Oh wow, what if that's the case? Well, if that's the case, you can't feel self-righteous. <laughs> um, but instead of that, you get to feel connected with all of your human compadres, which at the end of the day, isn't that what you want anyway? 
So the point of this is just to question everything. And if you question everything, you don't have to rely on these silly podcasts. You don't have to rely on anything. You just rely upon raw truth. And you build this discernment, um, this discernment capacity, a capacity to discern the essence of truth. Because sometimes something might sound good, but if you investigate it, is the context is off. The context. So something might be said, even though the content of what was said was right, correct, the context was wrong. You know, for example, killing is bad. In, in a certain context, that's true. In another context, it might be said that killing is is what is necessary to protect your family and therefore is good. So you see the content was correct in a certain context, but truth depends upon context, not content. Anyway, if you question everything, then you'll come to realize this yourself and you'll come to see through your own direct experience and realization that everything is dependent upon context. And this will build your discernment. And so then, you can listen to these podcasts and you can discern for yourself what is true and what might be in error. And then you can happily email me, um, let me know what sounded off and what the error might have been. And then you see in this way we all grow together in truth, in our discernment of truth. Yep, so this has been this episode. I hope you enjoy your days, question everything, just have a bit of think, you know. Is this the sort of society I would like to be contributing to? Do I want to contribute to the way this is going? Or do I want to contribute to a different world? Remember that at the same time, you can contribute to a different world without make-rowing the current one. Because make-rowing and judging doesn't help anything. And is really coming from an arrogance, from a vanity. It can also be from a genuine upset, but at the same time, again, it doesn't help anything. So that's just something to question. This has been the Joyfulness Broadcast. Nick broadcasting you these Joyfulness casts of Broad. I will see you in the next one.